You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating this space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Born Wild podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sophia. Leah is in a different state right now visiting her daughter, um, and we'll be back next time. Today, I have with me one of my best, 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 best friends, (laughs) Gina. She's going to share her journey into motherhood and her two birth stories, and um, maybe we'll chat a little bit about our parenting book we have in the works. (laughs) (laughs) Gina, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? Great. Hi, I'm Gina, and um, I'm a mother of two. I'm a business owner and a accounting professional and a wife and, 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 and. That's my favorite role <laughs> is BFF. <laughs> but yeah, so that's me. Yeah, and Gina and I have known each other since arguably seventh or eighth grade we can never quite I'm, I'm arguing for seventh <laughs> <laughs> we uh, have another best friend who is, insists that it was eighth grade for <laughs> Sophia but I am just I'm counting in the seventh grade team that's what it is <laughs> well what's 20 what's one more year after 30 years seriously yeah where yeah. does your, your motherhood journey begin yeah, so um, my motherhood journey. Like I don't know the answers to everything already. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah, totally. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, so my journey into motherhood was interesting. Um, it was not something I had expected um, to have some of the challenges that I that I dealt with, but um, I was on the Deputy Rivera shot for about 11 years and, um, I had beginning stages of menopause and, um, I figured that out after I had some weird symptoms and went to the doctor and the doctor looked at me and she's like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't have been on this for this long. And I was like, wish somebody would have told me that. So I got off of it immediately and went to an amazing endocrinologist in, uh, San Rafael. And she was, uh, she took a more holistic approach. She's a naturopath. And so we tested my hormones. Turns out, yep, definitely entering menopause according to my hormones. And um, she put me on biosynthetic hormone therapy. So I was giving myself injections and taking um, lots of supplements to try and trigger a menstrual cycle because I hadn't had one in 11 years. And um, it took about a year and a half to trigger a menstrual cycle. And so I was on hormone therapy for 18 months and then I got a cycle and um, was pregnant very quickly after that. 
Oh, how did it feel when you got your first cycle? Oh, it was wild. It was as if I had never had one before. I got the biggest migraine. I was supposed to be opening a yoga studio that day. It was the grand opening of yoga in Santa Rosa. And I was in charge of the flowers. And, um, and so, um, I was on the floor migraine throwing up the whole deal and I couldn't imagine what had triggered this and then about six hours into the um into the migraine I had started bleeding and I was like hallelujah (laughs) this is it bring on the migraine we're here we're doing it so it was sort of surreal because I was feeling terrible but I was also blissfully happy about it you know because I knew that this was the start of the journey um, and then, and yeah, we got pregnant very quickly after that, um, and lost that pregnancy very early on, um, which was okay. I didn't feel particularly connected to that pregnancy. Um, it was more surreal than anything. So I thanked that little spirit for its role in my life to kind of open me up to what it could potentially feel like. And then that they went on their way. And then about six months later, um, my husband and I went on a trip to Florida and we came home two weeks later pregnant. (laughs) So took relaxation and connection time and all of that. And yeah. And I went regular as soon as they started, they became regular. They were. Yeah, it, it was, um, my cycles were longer then, but yes, they were regular. It was, um, I had about a 33 day cycle, which now I'm like 28 days on the spot, but it was about 33 and they were regular. So it was easy for us to predict. And we actually hadn't even thought about it while we were on vacation because we just wanted to be you know, husband and wife on vacation. Yeah, I think you had timed the vacation around. <laughs> no, we totally didn't. We totally didn't. He was going to one of his competitions that he used to do. And so we just decided to go down to Sanibel Island after his competition. And so all of the magic hair just made a baby. So yeah, so that's how we did that. And then um, I was on a work trip to Arizona before I knew I was pregnant. So right after I uh, got back from Florida, I got on a plane about two weeks later before I was knew I was pregnant. And uh, I left my laptop on the plane. Oh, God. Yes. And I had just, if I do bookkeeping for a living, um, and I had just built a set of books for my one of my clients. And it was huge. It was a, it was a giant account. And I had all of the names and social security numbers. And it was like, a right. It was a really big deal. And I left it on the plane and I cried about it for like four days straight. And at the end of the four days, I was still so upset. I couldn't even talk about it without hyperventilating. And I was like, why am I so emotional about this? What is going on here? And I didn't start my period and I was supposed to start it like two days prior to that. And I was like, I, this can't be it. I can't be, this can't be the reason that I'm so emotional. And I took a pregnancy test. Well, actually I took like six 
I was going to say like 18. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my husband had, (laughs) who does that? Uh, My husband had already left for work. It was like five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like peeing on every stick I can find in pool because I caught it in a cup and I was dipping everything. I was like, dip, 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 dip. We're doing all of them. Digital, you know, the little tiny sticks, all of them. And um, they all came up pregnant. And so then I started crying even more, but for many more days, because I was so happy. (laughs) So um, yeah, so it was, it was very exciting. And we had a very, I had a very um, hard first trimester. I lost a lot of weight. I was really um, sick. I had morning sick, quote unquote, morning sickness. It doesn't just happen in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had, um, I had when the, uh, when the placenta comes away from the uterine wall, mm-hmm. I had a little, a little spot of that, that we were watching. So that was pretty oh, nerve wracking. Yes, that's what it was. So that was pretty nerve wracking because I had dual care at this point. Um, I knew that I wanted to give birth at home, but my husband was not too keen on the idea at that point mm-hmm. and so uh his um uh, compromise was to ask me to please see an OB while I was seeing my midwives and so I did and um he regrets ever asking me to do that <laughs> because more more fear and drama happened than was necessary with my OB um then his life harder (laughs) yes it really was and uh so there was a lot of drama around that and you know made me scared more than I needed to be um but my midwives were amazing and I just my blood pressure was high at the OB but I was perfect at the midwives and I spent 10 minutes at the OB you know dealing with somebody I barely even knew and I spent an hour hour and a half sometimes with my midwives and it was a really beautiful experience to be able to have the duality so that I could see that my heart and my body were in the right place with my midwives and I had um my first uh, midwife was Caitlin Perkman and Jasmine Mays with Thrive, mm-hmm. and they were brilliant, um, wonderful. And so throughout the second trimester, everything was great. Everything resolved. I missed a couple of my OB appointments on accident, <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> and, then, um, and then the third trimester, I got really bad SPD, symphysis pubis dysfunction, and I was in a walker, I, was, I had a walker. And then um, I'll never forget it. I hobbled into um, Acorn and I cried into Jen's arms and I was in so much pain. And she's like, just stay with me and I will help you. And I went and saw her like two or three times a week for the rest of my pregnancy, I threw the walker in the garbage. I was doing great. It was still in some pain, but she gave me so much relief that I was like, okay, I can do this. This doesn't feel as hard anymore. So that and was really listens to this podcast. They know Jen. Jen with her clicker. Oh, the clicker right on your pubic bone. Oh, do God. Not oh, yeah. 
do not recommend. Um, and so she got me through my third trimester. I really couldn't have done it without her. And then it was time for me to give birth. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had done hypno babies, um, which is different than hypno birthing. Hypno babies is an entirely different thing. And um, I'm so glad I did it. So I felt my first contraction around one o'clock in the morning. So clarification, and- you said that you really wanted a home birth, the compromise. Yes. And oh, yeah. So are you bir- planning to birth at home at the birth center? Like what's happening? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Thank you for backing me up. Um, I We compromised on the birth center. So okay. it was because the birth center was very close to the hospital that I would have gone to. It was Ky- I was with Kaiser. So it was like a hop skipping away from Kaiser. And so I said, I'm not going to Kaiser unless there's a reason for me to go. So if you don't want me to birth at home, then I'll do it at the birth center. And um, he agreed to that. And I, he was comfortable with it after going there and meeting our midwives and everything. So, yeah. So then it was time. My little, um, my little on time baby on her due date. Um, <laughs> who still is very on time to this day. Uh, <laughs> She, the contractions, like I said, started at about one o'clock in the morning and I felt my first twinge of a contraction and I didn't know what it was. So then I laid there awake for probably an hour and they were rhythmic at that point and they started at about 20 minutes apart. And so after an hour of that, I, uh, so I had like three or four, I woke up my husband and I said, Hey, we're going to have a baby today. And he said, I got to go to Modesto. So I don't think we should <laughs> like, like you were like suggesting it. Yeah. <laughs> I was half asleep. He was half asleep. And cause he had worked as a regional director. So he drove like five hours to one location a day and he would get up usually around four and leave. He's like, today's, yeah. not, the day for me. <laughs> today's not the day for that. <laughs> and I said, no, no we're gonna have a baby today and he shot out of bed and I'll never forget it and he like looked at me like I was a ghost uh-huh. and he's like what do I gotta do and I was like nothing I just needed to let you know and then you go back to sleep I'll tell you if I need something so he, he went back to sleep he did wow I was gonna oh, think totally. that man slept through like a, a 6.0 earthquake one time he just like his sleep and him they go together a little yeah. foreshadowing. Too bad your kids didn't get that from him. No, right. <laughs> I know. I know. They got my sleep gene, me, who's been awake since 1230 this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, so he went back to sleep and I just sort of laid there and um, had the sensations and was elated, excited. I couldn't go back to sleep, although everybody said you need to go. I get as much sleep as you can. And, you know, in the early part of labor and I was laying there and I was trying to will myself to sleep, but I just couldn't, I was too excited. And, um, then around four o'clock in the morning, I got sick for the first time. So I threw up a little bit and then, Oh, and relevant piece of information. I threw up and I peed my pants. And so there's pee all over the bathroom floor. Later in the day, I had friends come over to clean the house and nobody had a baby at that point. And one of my friends completely freaked out because she thought I had broke my waters on the floor. And she's like, I'm cleaning this up. This is so weird. 
<laughs> but it was in fact my pee that she was cleaning up. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll do you one better. It's pee. <laughs> so, um, so then around, I think it was probably around six, I called my parents and I let my mom know and uh, she was taking care of everything and going to head up around eight. And around six, they were about what is, eight what does that minutes mean apart. She's taking care of everything. She, she was because we work at the same we work at the same business, oh, and so she was going into our company to do everything I needed to do ah. before she could head up to see me and be with me as a support person. So, um, she yeah. So I was about eight minutes apart at that point, and I was just walking around my house, knowing that I was five minutes away from the birth center, and I didn't need to rush anything. I made a giant vat of red raspberry leaf tea that I had you know, I was like, I'm going to drink all of this. And then I made myself this beautiful breakfast. And I was like, I'm going to eat this, this is going to be great. Meanwhile, my husband is having a panic attack in the garage, calling everybody at work, like doing work, being on the work calls. And I was standing at the kitchen table, you know, moaning, mooing through all of my contractions. And I will just hear him walk by and say something like, oh, no, I can get that report to you in, you know, 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm okay over here. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. Um, but I think he needed something to do because there wasn't really much you could help me with because I didn't need any support at that time. I'm a fairly independent birther now after having to. I, I, don't, I know that I don't need as much support as I think some other people like to have. Mm-hmm. But um, so... My mom got there at around 8.30, and at that time, my contractions were five minutes apart, lasting a minute, and then had been over an hour, and I wasn't ready to go to the birth center yet. I didn't want to go. I, I wanted to be at home, and I, I couldn't imagine getting in a car and yeah. having to drive during contractions, and um, it just felt like the that most five, torturous Five minutes thing. away sounds way too long now, huh? Oh, Yes, absolutely. I was like five minutes away. Absolutely not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, and so at one point, actually, I was on my hands and knees in the living room. And I'm like, you know, birth noising and sounding, I, I probably sound like a cow at that point in, in labor. And I heard my husband walk from the garage to the front door, which is just a straight shot of like, you know, 20 feet. I heard him go, oh, that that's my wife. We're having a baby. And he was out the front door. <laughs> so nonchalant about it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. It's totally nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I labored like that for a while. And then at 1130, um, I decided it was time to go because they were about three minutes apart at that point. And my mom said to my husband, it's time for us to go. We got to go to the birth center. And he was like, okay, yeah, let me just pack. And my mom's like, you don't have time to pack. She's, it's time. You're going right now. And he was like, oh, really? Okay. And grab the keys, gets in the car. I get in the car. And as soon as I sit down, I knew that she was like there, uh-huh. you know, and it was the most painful ride. I kept telling him to go faster and then go slower, go faster. Okay. Now slow down over the bumps. And it was like a back road. So there were only potholes, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> like speed in between the potholes, please. <laughs> so we get to thrive and my midwives are there and it's beautiful. It was beautiful, you know, reception. And um, I said, I think I need to get in the tub. And my midwife said, I'm going to check you before you do, because I don't want you to get in too soon. And I was like, there's no such thing as too soon right now. And she checked me. I was nine centimeters. <laughs> she was like, okay, you get in the tub, get in the tub. And then I stalled out for over an hour. Mm-hmm. And I knew at that point that moving from home to the birth center is what stalled me. Some people get that lull, right? They have that, you know, wait and be thankful kind of a moment, take a little nap during this moment during this hour of nothing. But I knew that had I stayed at home, I would have had her in my arms mm-hmm. much sooner. Um, but it's all right. So we, I was in the tub, I was laboring in the tub. Um, I was, I was just, you know, floating and the tub was too small for me. I remember being very uncomfortable because it was a regular size bathtub. And um, then all of a sudden, out of seemingly nowhere, my body completely takes over and I am now pushing. And I was like, whoa, I was not ready for this. <laughs> nobody, nobody said this was going to happen. <laughs> and um, well, I'm sure they did at some point in your time. At that point, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> nobody in the last 10 minutes warned me that <laughs> yeah. uh, my body was just going to negate anything that my brain had said and just push and so I pushed in the tub for a while I don't know how long it was a while and she wasn't coming she just she just was taking her time and it was um it was not as productive as I wanted it to be so um the plan was because I think she had some d cells so the plan was to get out of the tub and sit on the birth stool and um, I was being helped out of the tub and I got one leg over and all of a sudden my body is pushing and here she comes. And I threw my other leg over and I remember one of my midwives saying, slow down, slow down, you're pushing. And I, I remember saying to her, this train has no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> This train has no brakes. We're going. <laughs> We're coming through. And uh, and then as soon as I got my leg over, my second leg over the tub, her head was out. <laughs> and it was wild. You just opened your pelvis like massively with getting yes. out of the pool. With getting out. Yeah. And I had to like do this giant, you know, reach over with my legs. And so she just had so much more room at that point. And um, her head was out and I'll never forget our photographer got the most brilliant picture of her head. Just like my butt is right here. And then her head is right here. It's amazing. And my water still hadn't broke at that point. When did your waters open? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that not at that point yet. And um, I stood there for a minute. I was bent over. I had my eyes in my hands and I was leaning over onto the tub and my legs were standing straight and all of a sudden I felt that fundal ejection and it was like 
like a balloon just being pushed downwards. And she fell out of me. I didn't push like I don't even that sensation wasn't even there it was just like she was ejected from my body the midwives caught her my hands were down there I tried but I I couldn't get to her as well and my waters just opened all over her and my um, photographer got the most beautiful picture I call, I look at it and I call it like the first baptism, you know, and I'm not particularly religious or anything like that, but like, I believe in this universal spirit and, and that like her being baptized in her own waters was just this most, the most beautiful, brilliant scene that I had ever witnessed. And, um, there she was just, you know, floppy and <laughs> a baby. And I pulled her up. And my mom in the background is like, is it a girl? Is it a girl? Is it a girl? And I'm like, I don't know. Can you hold on for a moment? You kept a moment. Yeah, because we didn't we didn't find out. And um, so then I sat down and I looked and I said, it's a girl. And then my mom sent out the text, you know. (laughs) She and, already had uh, that draft prepared. She did. She did. She already had it written out. <laughs> it's uh, and then she just had to fill in the blank. <laughs> um, and Stella needed um, she needed some zhuzhin to come around. She wasn't in her body yet, so we zhuzhed her for a little bit. Lots of rubbing, lots of talking, lots of hi babies, and you know, um, mommy's here and all of that, and. Uh, Nick the whole time, my husband, he, he just was kind of this silent player and it was perfect for what I needed. He didn't do much verbal support because I couldn't hear anything. He didn't do much physical support because I didn't want anybody to touch me, but I just knew that like the, the moment I needed to, you know, needed something, he was the first to jump up and get it. So, um, yeah, so he was just as shocked as all of us that there was now suddenly a baby mm-hmm. here. And then um, we laid, I laid down with Stella and he cut the umbilical cord and it was beautiful. It was beautiful, amazing, majestic first birth. I mean, in front to back, it was 12 hours and which I feels very cool. <laughs> on her due date, right. I feel, <laughs> yes, 12 hours. Exactly. On her due date. Yep. Precisely. Yeah. So it was beautiful. It was a, it was a wonderful birth. And I think it was the best introduction to birth that I could have had. So yeah. So that was my first one. Oh yeah. So I birthed the placenta, the placenta, I had no muscles for, which I know everybody who's mom will know that feeling that you have no muscles for the placenta. So we did have to tug it out just a little bit. Um, and that was the strangest feeling I think I've ever felt in my life. Um, but it was easy. It came probably 35 minutes later. It was like a 35 to 45 minute wait. Um, and thankfully, you know, my cervix didn't close before that. So it was just easy peasy. That was a super easy birth in my opinion. And then so I had a pretty easy pregnancy and a pretty easy birth. And so now I have a child who doesn't sleep. So that's my karma. (laughs) What did you end up doing with your placenta, if anything? Oh, it's buried at Thrive under the tree. Oh, sweet. 
Yeah, it is totally. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And that was an option. And I, at the last minute I said, let's just do that. Let's just do that. So that's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. so you alluded to a no sleep for a baby. Um, what was postpartum like the first, you know, the first, uh, was, the first trimester for you? Yeah. The fourth trimester was rough. I had a lot of postpartum depression um, she was technically, well, I use air quotes, was technically colic. Um, so she cried most of the time and I didn't know how to help her. I thought I was going to be super mom. I was like ready to be the earth mother that I always thought I was going to be. And then it the reality, <laughs> and then I had a baby, right. Yeah. And then in reality, everyone, I was like, everyone, oh, I actually everyone have no doesn't have children is is yeah. the only perfect parent. <laughs> I know that's what I always say. I was I was the perfect mother until I had kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was rough. Nobody around me that I was close to at that point because you and I hadn't reconnected had babies. So I was the first in my like friend group at that time to have a baby. So nobody really knew how to support me in, in the way that I needed. I didn't even know how to support me in the way that I needed. Gina, so I spent to the dark ages where there was oh yeah the dark times period of silence where we had <laughs> disconnected and then we reconnected yes. after having babies yes we don't yes, talk we, about it we don't talk about it <laughs> just lightly update each other with potential happenings in that time now we're like oh that was I don't remember hearing about that before yeah that was in the dark times like oh, okay 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 <laughs> okay okay <laughs> But yeah, so it was rough. I had a really rough uh, postpartum experience. And um, I remember one of my friends sitting down with me and she was like, probably six or seven months in. And she was like, I just want to be really gentle about this because I don't know how you're feeling. And I want to just talk to you about it. Really beautiful, wonderful friendship at the time. And she said, um, I think you have postpartum depression. And I looked at her and I was like, oh yeah, I totally do. Yes, absolutely. That's right. Thank God, you know. <laughs> I was like, yes, I've been up to date on that for a very long time. She's like, thank goodness, you know. Uh, so yeah, so but it got better. It got better once I moved closer to my family. So I was going to ask if anything helped. What was the, the help? And it was support. Yeah, support with people who knew what support looked like. Mm -hmm. who just had an intuition about it and who's better intuition than your own mom you know mm -hmm. so once once I moved close to my mom my mommy I was a better mommy so mm -hmm. yeah so it all kind of worked out but yeah so that was that was Stella my mm -hmm. little star child and she did cool. eventually start sleeping how old was she um three and a half yeah I just remember there were all the like asks in the mommy group and you know or like times when you weren't asking for support and people would give it and you're like if one more person tells me yes. something I've already tried I'm gonna lose my mind one more person tells me to put lavender in her bath <laughs> I might go postal <laughs> yeah because that was all what oh put lavender in her bath you have to have a really good bath time or bedtime routine you know and um, talking about her now, oh, she, if she doesn't nap during the day, she's not going to sleep at night. And I'm like, 
I have tried everything. I've tried literally everything and nothing was working until she was about three and a half after I had my second child. And uh, all it took was a really hard night of me holding a boundary and her throwing everything into her room out into the hallway as I sat there and comforted her and told I wouldn't get back in bed with her. And it was hard. And then she couple she woke up a couple of times a couple of nights later because um, I think at that point it was habit, you know, because I'd slept with her every single night until the day I gave birth. And then I couldn't sleep with her anymore in a safe way for all of us. Um, so we tried to transition as much as possible. My husband slept with her, but that was not good enough. And uh, so then I had to hold my boundary with her and it was one really hard, long night. And then after that, she slept like a dream mm-hmm. for the rest of her, her life. Yeah. Because you've dealt with so many like sleep issues. Is there, is there, are there things that you would advise somebody who's listening and whose child doesn't sleep? Is it just time? Is it setting boundaries? Is there like, is there anything? Oh, I have no advice. I will never give a non-sleeping mom and baby advice because every child is so different and there's not one answer and there's not one strategy that works. And I, it's my firmly held belief that you either have a sleeper or you don't, you have a baby who's more naturally inclined to sleep or you don't. And I actually know that for a fact because I sleep trained or I tried to sleep train my second child and we tried for almost a year and it was torture every single night, um, all night for almost a year. And, um, and so I did everything you could possibly think of and it didn't work on everything that I thought I should have done with my first baby. I did with my second and it didn't work either. And she still doesn't sleep. This time I'll be the perfect mom. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. This time I've got it in the bag. (laughs) Laughter in her bath every night and the bedtime story and the sleep training. I had a person come in to help me sleep train. And she even, she at one point was like, I honestly do not think this is healthy for your baby anymore. And I was like, I couldn't agree more. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't have any advice. All I have is solidarity, love, (laughs) respect, honor. I have empathy. I have a meal. Have you a coffee and donut? I will. I and I have done that for many a mother who was having a sleepless day, a sleepless night, a sleepless week. Absolutely. All I have is solidarity. That's it. No advice. Sometimes, sometimes that's all you need, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Can you leave your contact info at the end of this? Um, people yeah. know that if, if they're up at 3 a.m., they can message you. Yeah, they'll just like text me, hey, I'm up. Are you, are you Are you on board? I'm like, yeah, I'll send you videos on TikTok. They'll entertain you. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, but that was hard, especially after I gave birth the second time um to hold my boundary but once I did I think she was ready for it I think she was needing that boundary at that point yeah okay so back up to before you get pregnant with your second what was that conception journey like and pregnancy and oh that conception journey was interesting um (laughs) so so I'm very very unfortunately uh, my father-in-law passed away in February of 2019 
and uh, he is on the other side of the country. My husband's family is from the other side of the country. And um, so I, you know, first sent my husband over to be with his family and to help with funeral arrangements and everything. And then I followed with Stella um, some days later <clears throat> when it was closer to the funeral so that so that I didn't overwhelm my mother-in-law with a two and a half year old um, because we typically stayed at their house and I just couldn't imagine doing that to somebody who's grieving because it was so unexpected. Um, and at one point um, while I was back East with my husband, um, he and I desperately needed to connect and we did connect <laughs> and I'm weary of telling the exact story so I'll just leave it at that <laughs> we connected on the east coast around my father my father-in-law's funeral and um, then after the funeral I came home with Stella and he stayed for another two weeks and by that time I knew that I was pregnant I just I had some pimples on my nose. And if you see my face, I never break out, right? I always have very clear skin and I never break out. I had some pimples on my nose. I was like, where are these coming from? This is rude. I don't want to go acne. This is like very unkind. I haven't done anything different. And then I thought, oh, oh God, I'm pregnant. And I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. And so the day that my husband came home, um, he was in the garage kind of cleaning up some stuff and we sat at this table out there and, um, I very playfully started like playing footsie with him and like rubbing my, my foot up his leg and kind of like winking at him a little, little bit, you know, being very flirtatious. And I said, Hey, uh, remember what we did, um, you know, back East, remember what we did? I'm not going to say the exact location remember what we did back east and he's like yeah and I was like I think I was trying to make him think we were gonna go somewhere with this you know <laughs> and I said well we made a baby and he looked at me and he said I kid you not he looked at me and he said I knew it and I was like you knew it? how did you know it He's like, I have no idea. I just knew we made a baby right then. And I was like, oh, you could have told me. <laughs> that would have been great, you know. But he was really excited. And it was something so beautiful to come out of something so sad. Um, Were you guys trying or open? Oh, not, no, sir. I was totally not open to it. It was a super accident. <laughs> Absolutely not. It was, it was an absolutely not for me at that point in my life. I had a two and a half year old who slept from 9 p.m. until 1 a.m. and then from 5 a.m. until 7 a.m. So I was getting very, I was sleeping from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. and then never again and just living life that way. Um, and uh, so no, I was like, I'm not, this is not something I'm into. So it was a total accident kind of as much as it can be an accident you know right. um and you know how babies are made so right exactly and it was just like a spur of the moment neither one of us are gonna lay protections down like we weren't it was just it was fine 
and I, it was super supposed to be that way, you know? And so, yeah. So then I was pregnant two weeks after, or I think at that point it was like a month after my father-in-law had passed away and it was awkward to have this really exciting news at this really devastating time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it brought a lot of life into our, you know, household in that, in that moment. And, um, I had a hard pregnancy with, with Bowie. Um, I wasn't gaining weight. I couldn't eat. And I had my SPD came back full throttle at like 12 weeks, 11 or 12 weeks. So by 11 or 12 weeks, I was limping. I needed a walker. I remember we went to dinner at wild goat and I was walking across the street to meet you and a, you know, a bunch of other women. And they were all looking at me like, all right, who is this old lady coming in? And I walk in and I'm like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was painful. But then I immediately started seeing Jen. She got me back on my feet. It was perfect. Um, and chiropractic is amazing for SPD. That I do recommend. That is my one recommendation. Um, but at some point, there was some suspected, um, what is it called? IUGR, intrauterine growth restriction. Um, and I had been probably burning more calories than I was taking in, um, especially with the sleep, because I was still only sleeping 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And um, I think around, I think around 30 weeks, I went and got an ultrasound at the request of my midwife, who was Jasmine Mays again from Thrive. Um, I had such a wonderful experience with her. I knew that I wanted to work with her again. I wanted her to be in my birth room, my birth world. Um, and so she said, you know, I'm not worried. It was always how she started everything that just warmed my heart, made me feel safe. I'm not worried, but if you want to, you could go do this and I will put, you know, uh, an order in for that. And so I decided to go get checked and um, the baby was small. But so she's like, just increase your caloric intake, get as much rest as you can, let this baby grow. Um, I think there was a couple other protocol that I'm not remembering right now, but um, that's when I decided that chocolate shakes and, um, and um, soft serve ice cream was going to be my best friend because it was like quick, a ton of calories, some fat, some calcium, like all that good stuff. And uh, so I just had that for my last trimester of my pregnancy. And um, yeah, so then she, I remember sitting on the couch with her and she said, um, pick, she said, let's take a moment to picture your birth. And you tell me what, you tell me what, if you could have anything, what it would be. I said, this is not necessarily what I want, but I just know that I'm going to have my baby in the bathroom by myself. I said, I'm going to pull in a mattress, my, my toddler's mattress so that I can kneel on it hands and feet. Cause I had seen a woman do that pulling a mattress into her bathroom so she could have, she so could be on hand. planning a home birth this, this time. Yes, we were like planning a home. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. I missed that detail. That's a very important detail. My husband, after the, the um, birth center birth said, 
we're not going anywhere. You're having baby at home now. And I was like, yes, sir. I'm glad you're on board. That was what was going to happen anyway. So I'm, I'm glad you're up to speed. And I was so thankful for his support. He's like, I don't know why anybody has babies in hospitals. And I don't know why anybody has babies at, you know, anywhere other than home. And I'm like, yeah, births, you know, home birth advocate. Um, so yeah, so then we were planning a home birth and um, Jasmine said, picture your birth. And I said, I just think I'm going to have it on, on the floor in the bathroom by myself. And she's like, why would you bring in this mattress? And I'm like, I don't know. I just saw that on a YouTube video one time that this mom brought in her toddler's mattress and it was easier to kneel on hands and feet. She's like, I don't think you have room for that in your bathroom. And I was like, noted. Okay, thank you. Thank you for taking that off my plate. And so that was at my like 38 week appointment. And then a week later, it was a Monday and I woke up and I had the worst sensation in my butt I had ever experienced. It was as if I had a brick in my butt and I don't know how to explain it other than that. And then I went to my best friend Sophia's house. <laughs> And I, I complained to her and our other friend Shasta all day long about this baby because up to that point for a month, I had been having contractions from 1am to 5am every single night. And I would get to eight minutes apart. And I didn't, we, ne we didn't figure out why that happened until a couple of years later. <laughs> but, um, so I was having contractions for months. So I was really frustrated, really tired, really upset about the whole process and I just really wanted to have my baby and I was 39 weeks sleep time <laughs> right exactly exactly that was like that was the time I was supposed to be asleep so I was very upset very tired and um <clears throat> had to go to get a, a EKG because I was experiencing tons of heart palpitations and all of that and I was complaining to you in Shasta and um I love how nonchalant you were about the whole thing and you're like you're just I said I think you told me to like unattach myself to when this labor is going to happen when my baby's going to come because baby's not coming until baby's coming and you'll know when that happens and so I cried about it and I thought to myself okay I have my massage appointment and my chiropractor appointment so I'll go, I'll go to those and I'll, I'll just see if I can reposition baby and, you know, make myself more comfortable. So I left your house and I went to the chiropractor and I told Jen and she did some work on me and I was feeling better. And then I went straight from the chiropractor to my acupuncturist at that time. And I got my acupuncture appointment. And then I went straight from the acupuncture to my massage appointment and Vanessa ran. She's incredible. Magic, magic hands. Vanessa ran. She's amazing. She propped me up and I told her, I said, I think I'm having contractions, but I'm not familiar with these feelings because they were all in my butt. And, um, she said, okay, do you want me to time them for you? And I said, yeah, that would be great. And so I laid on the massage table for an hour, a little over an hour while she timed my contractions for me I would say it's starting and she would keep track and they were a minute long 
and got to about eight minutes apart with her. And so I was like very used to this point in labor where it would get to eight minutes apart and then just die off. Right. So I got home and I was telling my husband and I called my, I called Jasmine and the other midwife who was working with her. And um, she said, okay, mom, I, you know, we'll see you soon. And I was like, no, I don't think this is bad. I, I just, I'm not having my baby right now. This is it. Cause I had your voice in my head, right? The baby's not coming until the baby's coming. And I'm like, no, no, mm-mm. I'm not doing this because I didn't want to attach myself and become disappointed. And I just had your words of support there. Like I'm creating this disappointment for myself and I just, I just don't even want to be attached to it. It's totally fine. Like I'm not having my baby and that's okay. And, um, I was on the yoga ball doing circles. She's like, okay, we'll see you soon. And I'm like, no, mm -mm, no, it was about five o'clock at that point. And then about an hour later, I was in full blown labor and I texted you <laughs> and I said, I think it's time because you are going to come and be my photographer. I said, I think it's time. And I, and I can't remember your exact words, but, oh, you said for me to relax and eat something or take your mind off it. That's what you said. You said, you should relax and just take your mind off of it. <laughs> you had been thinking you were going to have your baby for so yeah, long. so long. Right, totally. I took it. And you were in my midwife role. So you're just like being a friend at that point, not knowing, not asking for any other details or anything like that. You're just like, oh my God, I've heard this from you for a month. <laughs> like, just relax. You're creating more stress for yourself, you know, is basically what you said. And, or the like energy you felt towards me. And so I was laughing at that. I was like, I can't ignore this. I can't take my mind off of this. And um, I had called my doula and I was like, I don't know. I don't think you should come yet. You know, maybe in a little bit. And then I was experiencing really uncomfortable contractions. And um, I decided to call in B Johnson who wasn't a part of my birth team, but she was so kind in offering me um, some spinning baby services while I was in labor. And um, I needed to take her up on that because it was just, it was wildly uncomfortable. I almost think she was posterior and like riding down my tailbone. Um, and so B got to my house and I came out and I was in a sports bra and no underwear. And I started crying, telling her that I was sorry I was naked. <laughs> and she told me later that that's how she knew I was in transition. <laughs> she was like, she was like, that's how I knew you were like in transition because you're crying and telling me, sorry, you're naked. Um, so yeah, she was like, the emotions come out at that point, you know? And, um, so she did some spinning babies with me and Stella held my hand, you know, through contractions while she was doing spinning babies. And my mom then came to pick up Stella, um, and she took her to her house, my mom's house, you know, with her and my husband was there and he was really concerned about making sure the midwives were fed. So he was making pizza cause he makes pizza from scratch. So he was like making dough, you know, and had pizzas in the oven. And um, so she did all of her beautiful, amazing work. She, I remember her shaking, doing the shaking the apples with the rebozo and just putting it over my 
my bottom and shaking it during a contraction to kind of get her to move. And so I was like, that's my technique is that I feel full release from any um, pain sensations. And all I felt was pressure. So she left, I got back in the shower. I turned, I probably turned that shower on as hot as it would go. Cause I just needed as much sensation as I could. And I had my forehead pressed up to the, to the opposite shower wall. I was on hands and knees. The shower was beating on the lower part of my back. And every time a contraction came, I shook my butt as hard as I possibly could. And I was like, this is my twerking lesson <laughs> right here. <laughs> it was just back and forth. Now I know it's up and down with twerking, but I thought was pretty impressed with myself at this point. So, um, yeah, so it as soon as I would do that, then the the pain would go away and it would just be pressure. And then when it was done, I could feel her. I was in this really uh like in the universe space. I was not in my body, I was not in my mind. Or maybe I was further into my body than I typically would have been otherwise, but I could feel her movements and where her head was. And I knew because I'm so familiar with the like physiological birth signs that I could feel where she was making her quarter turns and moving down. And, and at some point at this time, I told everybody to come while I was in there feeling her moving down. I said to Nick, my husband, I said, make sure everybody's on their way. Cause I had a doula photographer and midwife. And, um, so they, they were all on their way. You were all on your way. And I remember realizing my body was starting to push again. And I told my husband, I said, I need you to find out where Jasmine is. I'm, I'm feeling pushy. And he's like, well, you don't, need to rush her I think she's getting here as quickly as possible and I was like no I'm not feeling pushy I'm feeling pushy <laughs> I'm feeling really demanding right yes. now. <laughs> yeah right totally and that's what like he interpreted that as <laughs> and he's like well she's on her way I don't want her to speed you know she'll get here don't worry and I'm like no no like this baby's coming and so he's like oh oh god <laughs> and picks up the phone and calls her and she's like, I'm not worried. She can push. And that, that was what she, he had her on speakerphone. I remember hearing her say that. I'm not worried. She can push if she needs to. And I was like, what do you mean I can push if I need to? There's nobody here, you know, <laughs> but I didn't have control over it. It was just Bowie was coming whether or not I was going to tell her not to. And um, I remember Nick was the entrance of the bathroom and I got up put a knee up and I could feel her head I could feel her crowning and I looked at him and I said I don't really want to do this right now and I tried to push her back in <laughs> I said I don't really want to do this right now I don't really want to do this right now and I tried to push her back in and that does not work let me tell you <laughs> And I could feel the water was really hot. So I turned around and I turned it off. I think I did that. Somehow the water is off. I don't, I think I did it, but I don't remember. And 
then in like a whirlwind of events, I suddenly had her head out and I'm going, all I have to do is one more. That's it. That's all I got to do. One more. I could do this. I got this. I'm going to do this. I'm in my bathroom by myself. This is exactly how I knew I was going to do it. I, I could totally, this is okay. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden my body started pushing and I was like, I don't want to do this, you know? <laughs> and then she came right out and into my arms and I picked her up and I looked first and I said, it's a girl. And then I sat back and I turned around and Jasmine my midwife was there sitting on the toilet and she was like you did that you did that and I just started in tears I couldn't believe that I had done it I couldn't believe that I had done it with what felt like on my own you know and um then Nick had to get the pizzas out of the oven and then somebody walked into the front door and it was you and you were carrying waffles? I think it was frozen waffles. <laughs> yeah. Frozen waffles. I, I, I had stopped for gas. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I uh -huh. had already, I had been shopping and I had frozen waffles. I was like, well, I need to bring them in because I don't know how long I'll be here. So I need to put them in the freezer. Totally. And so you came in and what happened? I don't know. It was something like I was heading towards the kitchen and I saw Nick came by. He's like, baby's here or something like that and I was like ah. and That's I like funny. them in the freezer and then I was like it's way too quiet what's going on I don't yeah. I thought he was joking yeah, and so, she was yes and um I remember you walking in and taking your cell phone out and just snapping as many pictures as you you could or one or two I'm not sure really sure how many you took but I remember you pulling your phone out because you didn't have your camera right away and um, then you went and got your camera. And then all of a sudden, my doula walks in. And I was like, hi, Mia, sorry, we're done here. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And she's like, oh, my God, okay. I don't really know what to do. <laughs> and I'm like, me neither at this point. Um, and then uh, I got out of the bath. And I still hadn't birthed the placenta yet. Got out of the bath, went into bed. And... Um, yeah, and I laid there and she nursed immediately and like a champ. Stella had a really hard time nursing. Our nursing relationship ended at four months prematurely. Um, she was it was really hard for the both of us. And so Bowie just latched and it was as if she had known what to do her whole life. Um, and I think she was really hungry because she was four pounds, fifteen ounces, and so she was a little tiny baby which I think is because of the IUGR. Mm -hmm. um, and then my, and then it was time, like I could feel the placenta in my vaginal opening. And I was like, we just need to get this out. I just want it out. And so I pushed and Jasmine kind of gave a little tug and, and lulled it out. And it's the most interesting placenta I think I've ever seen. Um, when you flip it over, it has do you think those are calcium or fatty deposits that were on it? It like had white, pockets all over it yeah I can't remember I'd have to look at it again okay it was so interesting it had it it looked like either fat or calcium I'm not really sure um but it was spotted with these like quarter sized um white patches all over and I was like well that must have been why she got here so fast 
because she was so small and her placenta wasn't working as well as it could have been. Um, cause she did, she got here from like transition to having her. It was 45 minutes, maybe, maybe I had her at eight fifteen or eight eleven. excuse me, eight eleven on eleven eleven. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so she was, she nursed like a champ immediately and it was perfect and beautiful. And, um, I remember you got this one picture of me and I have, I'm sitting up and I've got my hands in my hair and mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm looking like a, like a mommy goddess, like my eyes closed. Like I just, I'm a mermaid, you know, who just birthed this beautiful baby. And that's how I felt. I really felt empowered and beautiful. And I felt just majestic. I felt incredible at that point. And um, yeah, so that was, that was Bowie's birth. That was Bowie's fast and furious. Here she is. And that's who she is in the world too. <laughs> fast and furious kiddo. Oh, God. Yeah. It was fun to relive all those stories that of course yeah. I've never heard before. None. And you not you were not present for them or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was good. And then postpartum was I thought I was gonna have this really beautiful um like healing postpartum journey because my first one was so hard. But two weeks into three weeks into um postpartum, both my husband and my older daughter contracted mono and they were both bedridden for months. And so that was my, oh, and then, then Stella was able to go back to school because she was well, it was like February or something. She could go back to school. She had spent 20 days in school and then it was the lockdowns. And I was like, no, all you people are supposed to be gone. <laughs> it's supposed to just be me and my baby. Get out of here. Yeah. You have like one vision in your head and then. Uh-huh. And it just stuff. never yeah you, you can't plan for anything <laughs> so but it's all good we have I have a beautiful relationship with both of them and I you know I'm just like I had you know two really beautiful births and decent okay pregnancies so I'm okay with what I'm okay with what was I've grieved it at this point <laughs> so yep so yeah that's that Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any like contact info you want to leave people that we can leave in the show notes? If anyone oh, sure. Talk to you? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody needs me at 3 a.m., just let me know. Um, and I'll, I will send you a coffee. I'll door dash you a coffee at six. No. Um, so I am a business owner and, um, if you or anyone, you know, needs any bookkeeping services or financial coaching services, that is what I do, what I specialize in and what I love to do. Um, and you can find my website at, uh, createfreedombookkeeping.com and all my contact information should be there. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at Bornwild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at Emma Ray, R-E-A, Sophia at SophiaBirth.com, 
and me, Leah, at Bay Area Home Birth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always, stay wild.